0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you today about something that's been happening to me recently. Um, and I, I promise not to use this podcast as sort of my psychiatrist's couch or my place to gripe or process my personal life, but uh, there's been something happening in my professional life that happened uh, four years ago during the 2008 election. And it's so revealing of what's going on today uh, in several different ways that I think it's worth talking about. Uh, when I wrote The Faith of Barack Obama in 2008, I was mainly known as the author of The Faith of George W. Bush and a few other books about soldiers and so on, but people assumed, and rightly so, uh, that I'm a political conservative and I was a conservative author. Well, I am a conservative and I am an evangelical, but more importantly, probably as far as my writing life is concerned, is I try to simply get the story right and I try to write about stories of faith. So, um, I suppose... That if I had ended up having opportunity, I would, uh, you know, write the story of the Dalai Lama. Well, I'm not a Buddhist. Um, I suppose that I would write, uh, you know, the story of some other religious leader or some other politician in, informed by some faith different from mine. I like writing books about faith stories, faith lives, faith based lives that are shaping our generation. Even if I don't happen to agree with the, the person I'm writing about, if it's a, if it's a, an important reflection of our time, I'll write it. So when I wrote The Faith of Barack Obama, people uh, on the right were not happy with me because I was saying, and it was accurate, it was true, that Barack Obama was doing his politics, his very left-leaning politics, from a faith basis. It wasn't my faith basis. It was uh, kind of a Jeremiah Wright, liberation theology, left-leaning, theologically kind of base. And so uh, the book was uh, accurate. I think it's been proven accurate time and time again, not bragging. We just had a lot of good interviews, a lot of access, and we got the story right. Well, folks on the right got pretty upset with me. Some of them did. Had death threats, had speeches canceled. I've talked about this before, so I'm speaking about it rapidly now. Well, I've done recently an updating and expansion of the uh, faith of Barack Obama. It was necessary because the story has changed in Barack Obama's life. Uh, The fact is that during his years in office, he has been mentored by some people who are more conservative theologically, more evangelical, uh, more traditional Christians. So his chaplain at Camp David at Evergreen Chapel and the group of spiritual advisors that Joshua Dubois, the head of Faith-Based Initiatives, um, is uh, have put around him uh, that the, all those people, all those influences are you know conservative and evangelical and sort of traditional biblically based influences. So there has, by all accounts, been a change in Barack Obama's life. Uh, and in fact, I think it's safe to say and I make the case in the book and I'm sure I'll be doing interviews about this for quite some time, um, that Barack Obama has moved towards—I can't promise you he's arrived, but he's moved more towards what we identify in our culture as an evangelical kind of born-again, um, traditional, you know, view of Jesus kind of Christianity. Okay, so so the, the book uh, got came out. Thomas Nelson did a marvelous job with it. I. I Rewrote maybe three chapters or added three new chapters and so on and and I had access in the White House and spent time interviewing all the people I've just named except for Barack Obama himself and uh, and and you know I'm very proud of, of the material because it's true so uh, I Chartwell Literary Group uh, run by Beverly Darnell who is just the firm that I work with on almost everything related books and video and websites. Uh, they produced a video for me in which I did kind of what we call a teaser, a little bit of an overview of the book, put that on my website. And I have to tell you exactly the same thing happened again. Doggone it. If folks didn't get mad at me and if they didn't, uh, if if a couple of speeches didn't cancel, I got plenty of speeches. That's not the issue. The issue is that people are still upset about this. And let me tell you specifically what they were upset about. Uh, the people who canceled, the people who were upset and talked to my speakers bureau and others about, about it, uh, they started out being angry at me, and they started out being angry at me because I was telling the truth about Barack Obama possibly being a Christian, uh, possibly being even a born-again Christian, uh, to just to identify sort of a type or a style. Well, you know, it's it's interesting to me that if I went out and led Mick Jagger to Jesus, If I went out as an evangelical and led, you know, Madonna to Jesus, assuming these people aren't already there, I don't know them, who knows what they are. Uh, If I went out and led, you know, Marilyn Manson or, you know, whoever uh, to Jesus and came back and reported it to a bunch of evangelicals, I assume they would be happy. I assume they would go, thank God. God's grace extends even to a Rolling Stone. Hot diggity, this is wonderful. No, when it comes to Barack Obama, apparently because we're not we don't like him, we're not agree with him politically, and God knows I don't. Everybody knows that I'm a political conservative and don't agree with Barack Obama on hardly anything political. But you have to tell the truth about where the man is spiritually if you know it. And the idea that he might have deepened in his knowledge of scripture, deepened in his connection to God, deepened in his relationship with Jesus Christ, deepened in his personal faith and, and the redeeming work of Jesus, all of that should be good news to Christians. Now, I can't explain why that is going on in Barack Obama's life. And man, I've got it out of the mouths of maybe a dozen witnesses, uh, and people who would know, people who are right there. I cannot explain why so far Barack Obama's politics do not seem to reflect what I would perceive to be a biblically informed politic. He's certainly the most pro-abortion uh, president we've ever had. I'm not happy about that. I work very aggressively uh, in the pro-life movement. Uh, he certainly uh, is uh, you know, not traditional, not uh, conservative in the sense of the size of government, the funding of government, and so on. Um, he's made other decisions that aren't a matter of left and right, like some of the privacy rights issues and and uh, protections of the Constitution kind of issues and citizens' rights kind of issues that I've mentioned before. But what is intriguing me, and the reason I think it's important enough to bring up in this po- podcast, is that here we are, possibly, with a president who was left-leaning theologically, left-leaning politically— who may have had some kind of turning of heart in office. I'm pretty confident he did, and that's not because um, I know him well. It's because I've talked to all the relevant parties except for him. And I I simply state that. I state in a video and in other places that I disagree with him. I state that I'm an evangelical and I'm a political conservative, etc., but I state that there's something new happening in the president's life. And by the way, if you saw the president's talk at the national prayer breakfast, there is no question there's something new happening in his life. He's either the biggest liar who has ever been in the White House or something new is happening in his life. I believe the latter is true. What amazes me is how this is not good news to Christians. This is not a good news good news uh, to the very people who are charged with praying for the president and to the very people uh, who ought to understand what that turning is and then begin to uh, pray, then they, what they ought to be doing is praying uh, that scripture, you know, leavens his thinking like, you know, leaven, leavens bread, et cetera, and, uh, and begins to shape his politics in whatever way. Hopefully that would make him devoted to the poor and uh, move towards pro-life and a whole bunch of other issues on more on moral questions. Uh, right now he's got almost every church in the world upset with him, you know, Catholics are upset because of his uh, what he's requiring regarding birth control and health care and all of that kind of thing. The, the, the thing the, the, the thing I want to identify, the thing I think we need to focus in on, is first of all, we, we cannot, uh, certainly as Christians, hate the man in the Oval Office so much that when we find out he's making the kind of spiritual turn that we would have celebrated in anybody else's life, that it's actually bad news to us. That's number one. Number two, if you're a Christian and, and you remotely believe that scripture ought to inform your life, praying for the president and not speaking ill of those in authority is commanded. It's not an option. It's not a matter of politics. It's not a matter of your color or your gender or your age. It is a matter of it being commanded. And and I think that Christians, number three, ought to consider that if there's any hope of a change in, in, in what remains of the Obama administration, which as we all know could be as much as almost five years, uh, you know, four, four and a half, five years, uh, if he wins the next term then, you know, uh, the best chance for a turning for the kind of change we're all praying for is that there's a change in the president's heart and that seems to have begun. So I want to caution those of you who listen to this, particularly those of you who are Christians, and I I imagine that's the statistical majority of those listening, although we have many folks from many other faiths and I'm delighted, uh, not to allow the anger, the rage, the hatred the sarcasm that is popular in our society to shape your attitudes. Your attitudes ought to be shaped by scripture. And Barack Obama may not be your favorite man in the Oval Office. God knows he's not mine, but that does not mean we can curse him, does not mean we can hate him, does not mean we can fail to pray for him, and does not mean that we have the right to be angry when we find out that there might be something wonderful happening in his life. We should fan those embers into flame through prayer. We should be pulling for him. Uh, vote against him and pull a, pull for him. That's what I'm going to do um, uh, in, in the sense of pulling for him spiritually. So let, this podcast really is not so, as much teaching as the other ones I do. It's really a warning. I, I think that we risk really coming under the judgment of God. I think we re- risk missing um, the best of the counsel of scripture. I think we miss Um, the opportunity to inspire faith in others and to inspire confidence in the next generation when we are so angry politically that we cannot even rejoice with a man we disagree with politically might be having a dramatic spiritual turn. This is tragic and it's part of that radicalization of politics in our time and we Christians ought to be standing against the tide. Stephen Mansfield podcast was brought to you by the Mansfield Group. Find us at mansfieldgroup.com.